Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday. Yeah, I know my days of the week. Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are having a fantastic day or have had a fantastic week. We're halfway through the week, and it's always exciting. We're halfway, halfway home on the week. We are two days away from Friday. At least those of you who are listening to the show right now are two days away from Friday. I am still three days. I am recording this on Tuesday. As you, as most of you should know by this point in time, if you have just started listening to the show, hello, welcome, this is the Logan Blackman Show, probably, what, fifth best show with a host named Logan, I don't know, I can't think of, I can think of Impulsive, I think a lot of people out there listen to Impulsive, it's one of the the top listened to podcasts in the world, let alone the United States, and I could be wrong about that, I've never listened to Impulsive, could really care less about Logan Paul, and the fact that he stole Logang from me is very disappointing. So if this show explodes, I'm going to have to come up with something different. I can't go with Logang. I can't do that. I'm going to have to come up with something even cooler than Logang. See, that's very, That's why you've got to be the biggest person in your name right off the bat. If you're first, it doesn't matter. So Logan has got Logang down, so I cannot take that. Like, Jake's got Jake Paulers. Why couldn't Logan do the Logan Paulers? Why can't I have Logang? What are we, we going to call ourselves? I don't even know. I don't know. But, well, we figured that out. You can go and follow the Logan Blackman Show in all forms of social media. Twitter, just follow my personal Twitter account, Logan underscore Blackman. The Instagram account, we got a new Instagram account for the Logan Blackman Show. It is the Logan Blackman Show 1. Different than the old Logan Blackman Show Instagram account, that account's getting deactivated in early March, so get ready to say goodbye to that Instagram account. I think March 12th, because that was the day I sent in a request to get it deactivated. You can't just, you know, delete it. You gotta wait a month or whatever for some reason. I don't really know why, but yeah, it's gonna be gone in a little bit, so make sure you go and follow Logan Blackman Show 1 on Instagram. Go and like the Facebook page, and also go and follow my personal Twitter account, Instagram account, I mean. Blackman Logan, just one word, known underscores, no nothing, Blackman Logan. And yeah, go follow the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Just search it, it will pop up. I post a link to it on every single social media platform that I have available to me. So if you just go and follow me on any of those, you might not need to follow me on one of those, but please do. It'd make me feel so special. If you did, and get ready for Friday, because we will be having a special guest come on Friday. I'm not going to reveal who it is, but we are going to have a special guest. At least I hope we have a special guest on Friday. It'll be fun. It'll be a very fun show on Friday when that one comes out. I'm very excited to record that one. Man, got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. As per usual, we've got NFL Draft stuff to talk about, as we do almost every single show. But this one involves... Around, well, I shouldn't say but this one revolves because it's revolved around this person quite a bit. We've talked about this person quite a bit on the Logan Blackman Show. No, it's not Trevor Lawrence. It is Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, who's expected to be the second quarterback taken in this year's draft above Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, which I don't think we're very surprised about the last two. Some people might still be surprised about the third quarterback, or a second quarterback, I guess, I listed on that, and that is Justin Fields. We have talked about the comparisons between those two a lot. We're not going to do the comparisons today. 
with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson individually and some things that have been going around with him on social media. Not necessarily through his doing, it's more of people talking about him. We've talked about some of the situations here about Zach Wilson a couple times on the show in regards to certain people talking about him, and we'll address that in a little bit. we got Sam Darnold stuff to talk about again. I've got some NFL trade destinations that I want to look at. Hopefully, I remember to do that by the time this show is over. And, yeah, got some Atlanta Falcons stuff to talk about, what they could do. Because last time we did a show, we talked about the New York Jets really start this year's draft. Whereas the Atlanta Falcons, much like the Jets to a certain extent, but I think we have a general idea of what the Jets are going to do, the Falcons could do anything with the fourth overall pick, which makes it very exciting. We'll go over each player that could be taken there by the Falcons and which one I ultimately think will be taken by the Dirty Birds with the fourth overall pick, or maybe later, or they trade up. I don't know. Time will tell. It's going to be crazy. This draft is going to be crazy. If anything, we have heard from rumors, because nothing's happened yet, this offseason is going to be crazy. Minus one trade, which involved Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Other than that, no moves have really been made, but we have been promised pretty much by all media outlets that this offseason is going to be crazy. But before we get into all of that, I would just like to say, and this was posted yesterday on Monday, but I didn't see it because I recorded the show on Sunday, so I didn't know this was going to be the seven-year anniversary of this happening. TJ Oshie's game against Russia in the 2014 Olympics. Oh, oh man. Yes. If you know, all I need to say is TJ Oshie Olympics, and most people know what I'm talking about. Because this was the day. Seven years ago, two days ago, TJ Oshie basically, single-handedly, defeated the Russians. Kovalchuk and Datsuk were no match for TJ Oshie. This was the only time, because at the time he was playing for the St. Louis Blues. This was the only time I actually liked TJ Oshie. And I love him even more now than I did back then. Because I watched, it was like really late (laughs) at night. Because if you remember those Olympics, the hockey stuff was very late in the day, as it usually is anyways. Like, very late in the day, I should say pretty early morning is what I really should mean there. Like, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. But then they'd show replays of the games, like, around 9, 10 o'clock in the morning on NBC. We didn't have cable either, so I also made it doubly hard. But, man, it was basically Datsuk, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Bobrovsky versus TJ Oshie and Jonathan Quick. Man, what a day this was. Joel Pavelski, he took a shot in the penalty in the shootout as well. Almost said penalty shootout, but that's not what this is. I mean, technically it is penalty shot still. But, man, what a day. TJ Oshie beat Russia on Russian soil in Sochi. It was fantastic. If you've never watched this before, I highly recommend that you go on YouTube or even just go on Twitter, Spittin' Chitlets, Tweeted this out, Chicklets, I should say, posted this on Twitter. So make sure you go and watch the video because it'll, it brings such an American pride out in you, defeating the Russians. Like Rocky Four or Miracle all over again. But this one, everybody was around to watch it. The replay of it. Most people didn't watch the actual game because, again, it was late night and early morning. But this was freaking sweet. TJ Oshie, American Hero. The only time any Blackhawks fan would say they actually liked T.J. Oshie. The only Blues player a Blackhawks fan will ever say they actually liked was T.J. Oshie. 
And then Wayne Gretzky as well. But we don't really count him on the Blues. And Martin, Martin Brodeur. But we don't count him on the Blues either. They're not Blues players. They played there for like a combined two years. Maybe a year and a half. But Oshi, Man. What a performance. What a performance by TJ Oshi. Go and watch that. It's freaking awesome. And this also... <laughs> this reminds me of something I completely spaced out on. What I'm talking about on Monday. Okay? This <laughs> was... I don't really know how to describe it. Just a very confusing video that I watched on social media the other day. They talked about it a lot on sports on sports shows everywhere. It, um, yeah. Let's just say it, it, it's... It, I don't really know how to say about this. I can't remember who the lady's name was, but the daughter, apparently... Now, I've never seen this woman before... But the daughter of the person that crafted the first ever Lombardi trophy, that forged the Lombardi trophy, brought it to Forged in Fire, and then the dude said, it will kill. She was all over social media. Because she said, Tom Brady owes an apology to her for tossing the Super Bowl trophy. Owes her an apology. I don't think she's the one that crafted the Super Bowl trophy. I don't think her dad, may he rest in peace, Crafted this individual Super Bowl trophy. Okay? She didn't sleep for two nights after this terrible incident happened. Tom Brady owes nobody an apology for throwing the Super Bowl trophy. That is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. I did not think I would ever hear that. Because out of all the things that have been done in that Super Bowl trophy, the worst thing... It's not getting tossed from boat to boat by Tom Brady. It's getting hit with the baseball by Gronk when Julian Edelman threw <laughs> it. He's dented the Super Bowl trophy. Why didn't this lady pop her head out and say something then? Because it wasn't a big deal then, and it ain't a big deal now. So I don't get why that individual thing, which was a lot worse. Now, if the if Cameron Bray dropped it into the river, then we would have probably had some issues there, but he didn't. Okay. This is, <laughs> Brady does not owe anybody an apology for that thing. The thing that made me laugh a lot about this whole situation is do you ever hear the person that crafted Lord Stanley to say anything, or the daughter of Lord Stanley, or not of Lord Stanley, but the person that made the Stanley Cup come out and say anything after all the things the Stanley Cup has been through and all the stuff we've seen? We don't know that what happened to that thing behind closed doors. Because the Stanley Cup unlike the Super Bowl trophy, gets passed around by the teammates and goes to all these different cities. What do you think? I don't even really want to know all the stuff Alex Ovechkin did with Lord Stanley when he had that in his possession. Now, I know he took videos of it, but there was probably some stuff he did under the cover of darkness and outside of media that we do not want to know about with Lord Stanley. But man, Lord Stanley's had beer chugged out of it. Lord Stanley's had freaking cereal drank eaten out of its pasta. Like, all of this stuff. There's even more stuff. I, there's more stuff that I can't even remember right now. But the beer thing. Man, we got mad at... She got mad. I shouldn't say we. She got mad at Drunk Tom Brady tossing the Super Bowl trophy. Drunk Tom Brady. And I know this has been passed around social media. And it's all the different medias out there. Drunk Tom Brady is the best Tom Brady. I love Drunk Tom Brady. And the thing that everybody loved about Drunk Tom Brady is because... It proved to everybody that he's not some 
soulless cyborg that only focuses on winning. No. He's a soulless cyborg that focuses on winning and chugs beer like a freaking champ. He did that on some uh, late night TV show. Which one was it? Kimmel or Fallon? He pounds beers. Aaron Rodgers can only wish he could pound beers as good as Tom Brady. Mr. Avocado Ice Cream. And he was all over the jokes about that when he got drunk and said the avocado margaritas or something like that. He said something about avocados. He knows the joke. Now, this has also been brought up. Do you think he runs a social media? I have no flipping idea if Tom Brady runs his own social media account. I think for that, I think he runs his Twitter. Instagram, I don't think he runs his Instagram. But Twitter, I think Tom would run his own Twitter account. That one's a little easier to maintain than an Instagram account. I think that I think it's true. <laughs> I've, I've never really been good at maintaining either, so I don't really know which one's easier or harder to maintain, especially if you're a public figure. But I don't think Tom Brady runs his own Instagram. I think he'd give a rat's ass about his Instagram account. Twitter account, he can, you know, tweet a bunch of random stuff out. I think he actually runs his Twitter. Other social media accounts, don't know if he does or not. But drunk Tom Brady is the best Tom Brady. He was getting carried out by his teammates, and he was looking all drunk. Or not looking, walking all drunk, because <laughs> he definitely was. Everybody enjoyed that. It was one of the funniest videos we've seen in a, in a freaking while. Because it was awesome. It was Tom Brady looking mortal. We've never seen this before. In the NFL, we've seen Tom Brady look mortal before the NFL, but in his time in the NFL, Tom Brady is pretty much untouchable. And we talked about this after they won the Super Bowl, about how he's clear in the GOAT conversation. I know we talked about some people on social media were talking that now he's the GOAT. Oh, this is what he needed to do to be the GOAT. What did he need to... What, what more did... He needed to win seven Super Bowls? He needed to win more Super Bowls than any franchise in NFL history to be considered the GOAT to you? I don't know. Jeez, that's some pretty high expectations. I'd be scared to know who your actual GOAT is. Like, Joe Montana and Brady... To any normal football fan, are the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. The rest of them, you can throw any order of quarterbacks you want, and I don't really care. But Brady's one, Montana is two, and then I'll even say a lock at three is Peyton Manning. I'm not going to, other than that, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way to how many quarterbacks that have been in the NFL, I could care less the order. But it goes Brady, Montana, Manning. We've talked about this quite a bit because it's a very hot-button issue for quite a few people out there, surprisingly. People that want to argue about who's the GOAT and who's not. But we all know who the GOAT is. It's Tom Brady. And we all should know who's the previous GOAT. Because Tom had to pass somebody, and he passed Montana. I think everybody should recognize that. I know a lot of people like John Elway up there or Aaron Rodgers. You know, we talked about this a lot on the show, too. They're more talented than those two. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. But talent can only get you so far. Talent is not what we're basing their greatness off of. It's every individual thing to do. Yeah, sure. I'll give you Rodgers more talented than Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is not a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I don't care what anybody says. That argument's dead to me. If you say that, I'm not going to sit here and try to argue with you. I don't even know if Rodgers is in the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time. I might even throw Marino a lock at four for what he did changing the NFL. 
then five. You can throw whoever you want. I would, per, I would love to see Steve Young up there. I think Steve Young should get talked about more in the greatest quarterback conversation, especially what he did, did to the San Diego Chargers in the Super Bowl, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Super Bowl performance of all time. The one against the San Diego Chargers, the then San Diego Chargers, with Ronnie Harrison and Junior Seau on defense. They didn't really need to do a lot defensively. I mean, the Chargers had Stan Humphreys at quarterback. All they needed to do was, <laughs> you know, be the 49ers, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I love Steve Young. I think he should get talked about a little bit more and talked about more highly. I think he gets talked about highly. I'm not saying Steve Young's disrespected in any any in any regard. He's all fame quarterback. Everybody knows that. But I think Steve Young is underrated in the fact that comparatively to the other legends of the game, Steve Young is not terribly outside of that realm. There's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. If you want to even go more ancient on me, you can go Otto Graham or Jody Unitas or I don't know Norm Van Brocklin or someone like that. If you want to do that, fine. You can throw them in the top five if you really want to. I'd be fine if you put Otto Graham in a top five quarterbacks of all time or Johnny Unitas. I'd be perfectly fine with that. They were the pioneers of the NFL. you got to respect those guys. But the NFL is a passing league now, and it's a lot different than what it was back then. But everything should be stated. Brady's the greatest. Montana's number two. And Brady don't owe a single person that apology about throwing that Super Bowl trophy because it's his trophy. I don't care. I didn't see her gifting the trophy to Tom Brady. I saw Tom Brady taking it and raising it. And then throwing it to Cameron Brady across the boat. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That is my favorite Super Bowl party I've ever seen ever. Is that boat party down in Tampa. One of the greatest parties ever. I don't. I can't believe I forgot to talk about that on Monday. About this crazy lady that I can't remember her name. And I can't find it on social media anywhere. Surprisingly, her individual name. But just get some sleep. You fine. Tom Brady not going to apologize anytime soon. I mean, he might. It'll be a very tongue-in-cheek apology. It won't actually mean anything. It's like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, if I went up to you, it's like, I just punch. Say you're sorry for punching him in the face. I'm sorry. You're not really sorry. But you were kind of forced into that, and then you got to, you know. It'll be one of those apologies. I don't think Tom Brady will actually mean it. Maybe he is. He's a genuine guy. Tom Brady's a very down-to-earth genuine dude he seems like a very good guy but I don't think he cares about (laughs) apologizing to this random lady that her dad made the Super Bowl trophy okay sorry sorry you feel that way that wasn't the one he made right there but whatever any way to get famous I guess because you got famous you got talked about on social media there's an old adage that goes any publicity, publicity is good publicity. I can't say publicity. It's such a, I don't know. But that's an old adage, and that's what she lived by there. She's like, if I call out the goat, I'm bound to get some money from something or get some sort of attention, and she got just that. So congratulations. I mean, I'm not going to hate on you for getting a bag. I don't know if she got a bag or not. She probably got paid a, de- a little bit. Maybe by some people want to make a cameo appearance. Oh, here's the crazy lady whose dad made the first Super Bowl trophy that Tom Brady threw. Oh, wait, that was the 55th Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, let's give her a round of applause. I don't know. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff for people to get attention on social media. Maybe we should do something like that. I thought, I've thought about doing something. Not like 
ridiculous or career-ending to get attention. That's not... But we've thought about other things that, oh, man, we could do something really stupid. Try to be funny, but be... I've never been about pranks to strangers. I'll do it to friends. Like, hide somewhere and jump out and scare them. That's not really... That's about the extent. I'm not going to tie a rubber band around the little nozzle thing by the sink and have it spray them when they turn on the water or something like that. I have thought about putting the plastic wrap over the toilet and have them pee on them, but then the problem is you probably have the... Since they're your friends, you're probably going to have to clean it up. Most of the time. Some friends won't do it. There's certain friends I would do that to and say, no, you picked it up. It's your problem. No, you didn't have to pee there. Or the plastic wrap over the door and walk into it. I've thought about doing that to my sister before. But, yeah. We're going to have to try new ways. New creative ways to get famous out here. I don't really crave that, though. I mean, it'd be cool eventually, but I don't really need to do anything to get extremely, extremely crazy. It's just like... To get where you want to be, you got to do some crazy things sometimes. You know what I mean? But that's why we got a music video coming out and a song coming out. The song will come out before the music video. But we've got a song coming out very soon. Not very soon. I said that last show. It's not very soon. It'll be a couple weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. 2021, the song will be released. Okay? Boom. Break. Yes. Big news outside of football just for a tiny bit. I just remind, got reminded about this. Because the Iowa Cubs Twitter account just popped up on my social media feeds. And pitchers, pitchers and catchers will be reporting for, I think, half the teams in the major leagues. Reporting the spring training, so that is very fun. I'm very excited for that. Cubs pitchers and catchers reported today, Tuesday, February 16th. So we are getting closer to baseball season. The MLS season starts in early April. So... And then we got college football this weekend as well. We got spring college football. You and I play South Dakota State. I'm going to have to try and find a way to watch those games because I got to watch the Panthers. This is the best team you and I has had. And I've tried to boost this up a little bit. This is the best team they've had since Eric Sanders' team in 2005. This is the best Panthers team of recent history. And... It sucks that COVID hit for a lot of different reasons, not just football, because I know I'm not stupid. There's a lot of things that are way more important than sports. The grand scheme of things, sports are very trivial to a lot of things in life, but they help you get through things. But the UNI Panthers football team got hit harder than most teams in college football at the Division I level, because I know some smaller schools got hit pretty hard because they don't have the funding to last this like this. But you and I was ranked preseason three, which they still are, but preseason ranked number three. They had two NFL draftees on their roster. They had a stud safety in Xavier Williams. They had the best corner in college football in Omar Brown, in the FCS level in Omar Brown. You had an elite receiving core in Deion McShane and Isaiah Weston. You had Will McIlvain, who was one pass attempt by Trey Lance from leading the nation and breaking the record for passing yards by a freshman in the FCS level. you got a healthy Tyler Hoosman. you got a couple transfers from Kansas. Yes, sadly, you lost Briley Moore to Kansas State, but they lasted without him last year, and I know that you can't replace a guy like Briley Moore because that athlete from the tight end position was very key and I think would have very much helped Will McElvain's development, I guess, 
and this level. His first year as a starter, a guy like Briley Moore, a pass-catching tight end, would really help him. A running game and a pass-catching tight end really help inexperienced quarterbacks. And Will's not inexperienced in the grand scheme of things, but at the college level, he was. But he proved he's legit. He did that against Iowa State in his first game. We knew he was legit coming in. For those of us who saw him in high school, he's playing for Lincoln, we knew he was legit. And this year, he's the unquestioned best quarterback in the Missouri Valley Conference. Trey Lance opted out, went to the NFL, will get drafted in the top 15, maybe even top 5. Who knows with the way Trey Lance's stock rises and falls because of the fact he only played one game. That's kind of the intriguing part about Trey Lance. And he's got the build of a quarter. He's the type. If you're building a quarterback, you build someone like Trey Lance. 6'4", 230, extremely mobile, rocket arm, very very smart with his decision-making. That's what you look for when you're building a quarterback, is someone like Trey Lance. But Will is a beast, and I'm really excited to see what he can do this season. I'm really sad that players like Spencer Brown, Ellerson Smith, Xavier Williams, Chris Kalarovic will not be on the team this fall, or this spring, I guess. But, man, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm especially excited for Xavier, uh, for Ellerson Smith and Spencer Brown to get drafted this year. Spencer Brown could get, uh, get, get drafted in the first round, if we're being honest. Ellerson Smith, I haven't really heard anything about where, they could, where he could fall. Probably third round to day three draft pick. Who knows? He's a very athletic dude coming off the edge, very long, which is what people are looking for in edge rushers nowadays. Xavier Williams at Iowa will be awesome. Chris, don't really care. He's at Nebraska now. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I hope he does well at Nebraska. He's the only Nebraska player I'll be cheering for next season. But, yeah, I'm excited. This will be a very, very fun college football season for the UNI Panthers. I don't know how the NCAA is expecting these players to turn right around this upcoming fall. I don't know how that's going to happen because some players need a whole offseason to recover from different injuries and just get their bodies rested up. You're not going to get their season ends in, what, June? May, June? And they're going to have to turn it back around in August? That's The human body, with how much they're getting hit, is not supposed to heal that fast. It can't heal that fast from all these different injuries. I, I don't know. The NCAA cannot say they honestly care about player safety and then, on, then go out and do something like that. We're like, you know what? We're all about player safety, but, you know, let's... Let's have a full season, not a shortened season, a full season in the spring, and then turn right around in the fall and do a full season then. That's really putting, that's like, that's saying, yes, we care about you student athletes. Yes. Now go make us money. Yes. Because for those of you who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know this, but football is the most important sport to these colleges. It gets the most money in. So the NCAA cannot afford, well, they can, but they're not going to allow a football season just pass. They're not going to do that. They could definitely afford not to have a football season, but they're not going to. We're going to have you play regardless of your health. So, yeah, double bird to you, college students. We're all about player safety, though. Remember that player safety is our number one priority here with the NCAA. Ah, oh, stupid. It's stupid. It's really dumb. I don't I don't understand it. But that being said, it will be fun to watch spring football. Actually good spring football. Because the last few springs we've been treated to the AAF and the XFL, which these first two years of these two things, the AAF folded before the season even ended. 
and the XFL folded, but they're coming back next year, which I think is smart for the F- for the XFL because they're going to try and compete with college football. That's not going to work, regardless of it's the FCS level or not, which some people respect it more than others. Some high-level D1 people don't really care about the FCS and look at it with a not a great view. But it's good football. It's a lot better than the product we're getting with the XFL and the AAF, especially in their first two years of existence. The new XFL. I know the XFL existed before too, but there's a reason these things only lasted one season before The Rock took over the XFL and is bringing it back next year. Man. It'll be fun. That game starts on, the UNI season starts on Friday. Most games will start on Saturday. I don't know what the schedule's going to look like for TV schedules and all of that stuff, but I hope UNI is on normal ESPN. They're probably going to be on ESPN 3, but I hope they're on ESPN so people don't need to go on their... I know you you have the cable descript, subscription. You can go on and watch the games regardless. You just got to do it on your computer. But streams are laggy and streams are jumpy. Streams can be very hit and miss. Even if you're watching the big boy streams like ESPN or Fox Sports or something like NBC Sports. They can be very jumpy from time to time. And you see the same three commercials the entire time, which is not very fun. But uh, regardless, so go and watch some college football. And I'm disappointed I'm not a student anymore because I would be up there every single weekend. They're not selling individual tickets there. You got to either be a student or you got to have season tickets. Lord knows I can't afford season tickets. So I ain't going to any UNI games this year <laughs> unless I buy season tickets for one game, which would seem that'd be very cool to do. I don't know. I want to go to a game. I don't, it doesn't really look like it's happening for me. <laughs> but I'll be watching every UNI game this year because they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. Spencer Brown and Ellerson Smith, the Combine will be coming up in a little under a month. I think March 8th is the Combine's first day. March 8th through March 11th is the Combine. So make sure you tune into that. I know we got a month till that, but it'll still be fun to watch the Combine. And a lot of those things you can't, like I said with Trevor Lawrence's thing, you can't take a whole lot away from these combine things, because they're not really, it's not really what will happen in the NFL, or at any football level, regardless. Anybody can look good on air. We've talked about this pretty much ad nauseum at this point here on the Logan Blackman Show. But, you know, it's just fun to watch. The 40-yard dash, again, is fun to watch. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's fun to watch. It's super competitive. And guys like Henry Ruggs last year, who was gonna, said he was going to break John Ross's 40-yard dash time. Henry Ruggs was drafted first at all the wide receivers because he was the fastest guy. Now, he also didn't drop a lot of passes at Alabama either. So that was very, very nice when looking at Henry Ruggs. He was a very good route runner coming out of college too. And that speed thing, Tyreek Hill, man, messed up the NFL. Like Justin Jefferson, like how the hell... We've talked about this before, too. I don't know how Justin Jefferson got drafted after Jalen Rager. But again, that's how the Tyreek Hill effect. Same exact thing. He's just fast. Questionable hands, but good lord, he fast. Justin Jefferson ran a 4-5-40. Jalen Rager ran a, what, 4-3? We're taking Jalen Rager. I, I I don't know what you looked at, even if you're just looking at college stuff. Justin Jefferson was the second best receiver in college football last year. Behind a guy who's going to get drafted this year. And you still were like, yeah, let's take this guy to TCU as questionable hands, but it's very fast, not a very developed route runner. We did a live stream, for those of you who didn't know, 
for the NFL Draft. Me and my friend Tyler did an Instagram Live thing and went over every single pick in the NFL Draft as it happened. It was four hours long, and then I turned right around and recorded a show right after that. My throat was fried the next day. Fried. I talked so much in a five-hour span, it hurt. (laughs) But it was worth it. It was very fun. And I even was confused at the time, not just now looking, because you know you can look back and go like, oh, man, I was so confused back then. Like, oh, man, how could you not think Patrick Mahomes was going to be the best quarterback in that draft class? Whoa, man, how did you not know Aaron Rodgers was going to be better than Alex Smith? Like, it's, it's stuff like that. You don't really know, but it's fun to go back there and go like, yeah, I totally knew that. Because no one can really prove you didn't think that because it's just thoughts you had in your head unless you said it to somebody or posted it on social media. Then you're in trouble. Then you get caught in lies. But I had an Instagram Live thing. I had Jalen Rager going to the Eagles. But I had the Eagles trading back. I didn't think the Eagles would select Jalen Rager before Justin Jefferson. I knew they were linked with him. They were linked with him the entire draft week. That started gaining speed the closer we got close to draft day. But he was linked there for a little while. And then Justin Jefferson, the better receiver, got taken after him. You saw the videos of the Vikings players, Vikings staff laughing at the Eagles, which is what a lot of people are doing nowadays. And apparently, speaking of Eagles receivers, they're working out with Jalen Hurts right now. Jalen Hurts expected to be the Eagles' starting quarterback. We'll talk about the quarterback trades in a little bit, but I saw this on Instagram. It was from College Football on Fox, their Instagram account. Pick one. Which receiving class will be better, the 2020 draft class or the 2021 draft class? These are two elite draft classes for wide receivers. Now, you talk about depth. These guys got it in bunches. Now, I don't like that they didn't include a couple people in the 2021 draft class. They have six pictures of wide receivers here. So just going from left to right and just keep going like that. There's six players on here for the 2020 draft class. Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and C.D. Lamb. Jeez, uh, T. Higgins. That's a good draft class. Notice they didn't throw Jalen Rager in there. <laughs> the only second-round draft pick in there is T. Higgins. Jalen Rager's a first-round. Why is he in there with all the other first-rounders? It's not like... Wait, is he a worse wide receiver than the guys he's taken before? Man. That's a great draft class for wide receivers based off potential. Justin Jefferson, obviously, right now is the cream of the crop of those guys. Jerry Judy, I think, will have better better season next year. Not necessarily better than Justin Jefferson's, but a better season. He did have a good season. Him and CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, those are the best four in this draft class so far. Ruggs, Higgins had a good first season as well. Rager sucked. But he battled a lot of injuries this year, so maybe he'll be back next year. 2021 draft class, we have Jamar Chase, Rondell Moore, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jalen Waddell. They even throw Tutu Atwell or Terrace Marshall or Kadarius Toney in there. Like, I think this draft class is deeper than last year's draft class. There was a lot of really good wide receivers in last year's draft class, but the depth that this one has is crazy. The ones we just made, like there could be six wide receivers. Maybe there's seven, eight possible first round wide receivers in this draft. Nine. If you like, listen to this, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, uh, Tutu Atwell. Like there's some great 
wide receivers there. Diami Brown. Like, they're... Man, Amari Rogers, Amir Smith-Marset, Daz Newsome. Like, there's some really, really, really good wide receivers in this class. Brandon Smith, another Iowa guy. Like, I think the depth here is better than coming out because in the second round you had what? Uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor. We all know the, the adage about Baylor receivers. Their route trees are never developed, never have been, other than Josh Gordon. The, all the Baylor receivers have had route-running issues. That's what it always seems like. Yeah, Vance Jefferson getting taken by the L.A. Or Van Jefferson, my bad, getting drafted by the L.A. Rams. He had a decent first year. Nothing amazing, but a decent first year. I can't really think of any other ones that are – Gabe Davis had a good rookie year from the Buffalo Bills. He had a good rookie year. There's some others in there as well. K.J. Hill, a seventh-rounder. Played very well for the Los Angeles Chargers when he saw action this year. Had a great Ohio State career. Kind of surprised me he got drafted in the seventh round. But, yeah, there's some good wide receivers. This is a great two-year span of wide receivers. Deep wide receiver class. You have the two best wide receivers from the past two seasons in the same draft. Like that says, so out of all these things, if they want to go, which one would you rather have? I would take the 2021 draft class based off of coming out of college, okay? Because Justin Jefferson, though amazing in college, was third in the nation in receiving yards last year, I believe. Jamar Chase won the Blitnikoff Award. He was the best receiver in college football. And then Javante Smith won the freaking Heisman. So we're looking at that. The two best receivers from these past two seasons have been wide receivers in the 2021 draft class. I don't know. There's a lot of good wide receivers. I could see... Some people passing on first-round wide receiver this year. I think Kadarius Toney is one of my favorite prospects in this. Jalen Waddell, also as far as a weapon goes. But man, you can get a wide receiver day two, a number one guy in day two. You can't say that about a lot of draft classes. You can in some, but a lot of them, whew, this one's stacked. This one is stacked. And this year... We've got the Jets. We've talked about what they could do with Sam Darnold. We did that whole spiel on him last week about the Jets start the draft. We don't know what they're going to do. Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, for those of you who are unaware and haven't been following the draft whatsoever, is the perceived number two overall pick, or at least the number two quarterback in this draft class. I think that's pretty much locked in for most people that he will be taken second out of the quarterbacks. That, does that mean that I think he's a better overall quarterback than Justin Fields? No, but I do think Wilson has a skill set that makes him very desirable. He's very smart when he moves. He's got an absolute hose for an arm for being as small frame as he is. He's not as big as Justin Fields. I don't know if he's as tough as Justin Fields. He hasn't played at the biggest stages like Justin Fields, but he has those intangibles that a lot of people are looking for. Now, this was something that popped up on social media the other day. I don't remember what the, Inst- the Twitter account was because I wanted to make sure I got two, three tweets in one screenshot. This was on my computer. So the first tweet says, As Todd McShay said, or as Todd McShay noted on GetUp, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson was not a team captain. Players voted eight captains for the 2020 season, four offense, four defense. Wilson was not a part of the leadership count, was a part of the leadership council, but not a captain. Red flag? 
This was the thing that I had that was an issue with it. Now, this could just mean anything. C's stand for a lot of things. But he had a C on his jersey. They don't stitch C's onto jerseys for non-captains. And then Troy Warner, a former BYU player, as one of eight captains, I can without hesitation say that Zach is one of them. I've seen what he's done on and off the field for the team, in all caps. This isn't a red flag. Ask anyone a part of the organization, and they'll tell you that the way he led by example and got the best out of his peers. Dude had a C on his jersey. And this goes back to the thing about the character concerns that Zach Wilson has. The quote-unquote character concerns. Remember when we talked about that when we were doing the quarterback rankings about a month ago? Maybe a little over a month ago? And the person that called him out for character concerns wouldn't come out openly and say, Hey, this is Logan Blackman. I'm saying Zach Wilson's got character concerns while hiding behind a text or hiding behind an article. Can we just do one thing? Can we just let Zach Wilson do his thing? He might be a complete dickhead. I don't know. I've never met the dude. But can we just let him do his thing? From what his teammate on Twitter defended him, he has a C on his jersey, which again, could stand for anything. But usually in football and sports terms, it stands for captain. It could stand for a four-letter word that I'm not going to say on the show, but it, it can stand for that sometimes. But let Zach Wilson be. I like watching Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's one of the most effortless throws of the football I've seen in a while. He has an absolute hose for an arm. He's got the swag that people look for. You want a quarterback with a little swag to them. You don't want boring quarterbacks. Well, sometimes you do. But now you want people that have, have can carry themselves. Can we just let Zach Wilson be? That's my main thing here. We don't need to attack him every single time his name comes up in anything. We have players defending him on social media. We has the C on his jersey. And then I saw a tweet below and said, yep, because of because one of the arguments for Zach Wilson being number two was that he had a calm and great leader of the team which could have been over-exaggerated. Exhibit A, where was his boys when this happened? Took them a good amount of time to react. Okay, this was a play during the BYU-Coastal Carolina game. Again, we did this live. We talked about this game live. We had the show on, the game on the TV while we were recording the show. I saw this happen. So it's not like I'm just seeing the gif of this and going, oh, wow, that's crazy. But it was two Coastal Carolina players throwing Zach Wilson to the ground. And it wasn't took them a while. They were on him. And it started a whole brawl. This was right before halftime. They didn't just walk off the field like what you saw with the Cowboys players with Andy Dalton this year. Now, that's a different thing. I don't question Andy Dalton's character or anything. That was more of a Cowboys situation than anything. But his players were on this guy. They, they had a huge brawl in the middle of the field. Both teams. So don't just let Zach be. That's all I'm saying here. This is very annoying because most of the people that are saying things about Zach Wilson have never talked to Zach Wilson before. Don't even know what he really looks like. And this is all behind people like Aces, at Neil Aces 9915 Would you be surprised if I told you he didn't have, or she didn't have a profile picture? Would you be surprised if I said that? No, you wouldn't? Oh, wow. Yeah, the... This needs to stop. 
I get the concerns about how he looks like Johnny Manziel with the headband. He's a smaller guy that can run. He looks like Johnny Football. He comes from a family with money. Just because he came from money does not officially make him an asshole. Being an asshole makes him an asshole. Money does not make him an asshole. Okay? Zach Wilson could. He could very well be an asshole. But you know what? I'm going to withhold all judgment of Zach Wilson until I hear back from these interviews at the Combine. I don't want to hear anything pre that. Because at the Combine, that's where we start hearing coaches talk to these guys. And that's where all the information starts to come out. I think Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence, and Mac Jones, and all the other quarterbacks will be fine in these interviews. I think all the quarterbacks will be fine in the interviews. I have seen Justin Fields get interviewed before. Justin Fields is a great person to interview. He's not a very talkative guy. Like, you watch the video with him and Cam Newton talking about Cam Newton calling him the greatest quarter, the best quarterback in high school football. He's standing there just smiling. He doesn't really know what he's at. He doesn't start going, yeah, yeah, I'm the best quarterback in high school football. See, I think Justin Fields will be fine. I think Justin Fields will ace the interview part. Zach Wilson's going to be the one that we're going to have to watch because of all these stupid people coming out with no profile pictures and hiding behind text messages and articles. They're saying this dude's got no character while doing stuff that proves that the person saying that has no character. That's just not... <laughs> Stop coming after Zach Wilson. Again, I'll say this for like the 18th time, probably more, he could be an asshole. He could be a dickhead. But I'm going to withhold all judgment until I either A, hear them from the people interviewing him, or talk to him myself. And Zach Wilson wants to come on the Logan Blackman show, that'd be really cool. That'd be pretty true of Zach Wilson. <laughs> Call him Zach Trilskin. Trilson. Yeah. Zach Trilson. That's his new nickname here on the Logan Blackman show. Now, do I think Zach Wilson is a better quarterback? Do I think Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Justin Fields? Again, no. But that doesn't mean I have to completely dislike Zach Wilson for things that I don't really know about him. Which is what it seems like a lot of people are doing right now. These are people that rank Justin Fields higher, or even Trey Lance higher, and say, oh, he's a, I don't like him anymore. Let's create these mystical red flags that pop up out of nowhere. From people that have never talked to him, or talked to any of his teammates, or coaches, or anything crazy that we're bashing him for his character when we're not even treating him with respect at this point in time he's a 21 year old 20 21 year old kid he's younger than me which makes me sad and depressed but I wish him nothing but the best in the NFL as long as he doesn't say any stupid comment like Josh Rosen or Dwayne Haskins saying there were nine mistakes taken before me or that the NFL done messed up then we can have a problem with Zach Wilson but until he says that I'm not going to say a bad word about Zach Wilson. Or if he does something else along the line, I guess he doesn't need to do that. He can do other way worse things, like beat his girlfriend or something or kill somebody. Then we can have a problem with Zach Wilson. But until then, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't think he's a bad person from anything I can tell other than people keeping his name in, his, in their mouth. It's stupid. I hate it. It's so annoying. This dude's got character concerns. Well, I'm not going to say my name and put my neck on the line that I think this dude has character concerns. 
That doesn't show good character there. That's a problem. If you're going to say something about me, I'm speaking from Zach, or just about me, yeah. If you're going to say something bad about me, say it to my face. Don't go, oh, yeah, dude, I think Logan's a bad person. Oh, man, Logan Logan thinks he's the, thinks he's the coolest person ever because he hosts the Logan Blackman show, and I get it. It's one of the best shows I've ever listened to, but come on. Can you have a bigger head, please? Head, like head, brain, where the, the head. <laughs> it's, you've got to say it to your face. If you're going to bash me for being a bad person or bash me for having bad character or bash me for doing something, then say it to my freaking face. That's backwards. That's lacking care. I think I've repeated myself like 20 times, but I need to just get that over the line because it's ridiculous. Now, I've seen... Zach Wilson, randomly, it doesn't happen a lot. You see this sometimes. Most of the time I see Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two. Regardless if it's the Jets picking there or anybody else. Because it looks like Sam Darnold's going to be traded, even though we don't necessarily know for a fact Sam Darnold's going to be traded. Okay? I think the teams that Sam Darnold could get traded to, and I, the team that I think he could, the team I think I'm most likely going to say could get traded to is the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are going to, they should, as they should be, be linked with every quarterback. If the Panthers get Sam Darnold, this is what I think would be perfect for not only the Panthers, but for Sam Darnold as well. If the Panthers can get Sam, the Panthers have the eighth overall pick. They're not going to give up their first round draft pick to get Sam Darnold. The only way the Jets, for some reason, I don't know how they think they can do this, get a first round draft pick is someone like the Colts or the Saints or Washington possibly, trade for him. Other than that, you're not getting a first-round pick. And I don't even think you should get a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. You can go off potential all you want. I've watched Sam Darnold for three years in the NFL, and nothing says he's worth a first-round pick right now. He's worth a second-rounder. So the Panthers trade that second-round pick to the Jets. The Panthers in that first round can draft a Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater with that that first pick, and then, boom, your offensive line is instantly better. You've got two of the top three, in my opinion, best players in this entire draft class. And you dra- you have Sam Darnold there with Teddy Bridgewater there who worked with Sam Darnold in New York with the Jets. That would be a perfect storm for Carolina. Sam Darnold with Matt Rule and Joe Brady with Robbie Anderson, who he's worked with with the Jets, DJ Clark and Christian McCaffrey. That's done. I'd made that trade yesterday. Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers makes too much sense not to happen. I know they're linked with Deshaun Watson, but I think if you're the Panthers, I honestly, though they didn't do very well this year, have the pieces to be a a good team. I almost said very good. They have the pieces to be a good team. They drafted all defense last year. They got two beasts with their first pick, Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin. They're going offense now, or at least with some of their picks in this draft. I think if you get Sam Darnold and have him sit behind Teddy like he was going to do in New York, that's why they traded him to New Orleans because they wanted Sam to start. Teddy was doing better in the preseason. They traded Teddy to New Orleans. Sam became the starter in New York. Here, you have Teddy tied down to a contract. Sam's not on a big contract. You trade for him and then sit him behind Teddy and then have him learn a little bit. If you want to go crazy and don't want to draft the tackles, fine. Draft Kyle Pitts. The Panthers, if they trade for Sam Darnold, which, again, I think should happen, 
you draft Rashawn Slater, Penny Sewell, or Kyle Pitts, whichever one's available. Now there is a chance that all three of those guys are gone. That throws in the trade back option where you can look at guys like Christian Derrissaw or Jalen Mayfield or Tevin Jenkins or Samuel Cosme or Spencer Brown. You can go in that direction. You can get uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, Creed Humphrey, Wyatt Davis, Alex, Leth- Alex Leatherwood. Probably missed somebody in there. But there's some good offensive linemen in this draft class too. Panthers, if you're listening, because I don't think... So here's the other thing. This is what could spice things up a little bit. So the Chicago Bears are currently the leaders to get Carson Wentz, okay? Carson Wentz doesn't want to go to Chicago. I don't really blame him. He wants to go to Indy, as most free agent and trading quarterbacks should want to go. They want to go to Indy. Got everything in place to have great success as a quarterback. But if the Bears get Wentz, I don't know if the Colts necessarily really want Sam Darnold. Though the fit would be nice. Carson Wentz, or Sam Darnold has been compared to Carson Wentz by Frank Reich. Great offensive line, good weapons outside, really good young running back, good defense with DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard. But here's what here's what I'm gonna do. This might sound crazy. I'm gonna give Sam Darnold to the Panthers, okay? Get a second round pick, a few other picks, whatever. Sam Darnold goes to Carolina. Carson Wentz goes to Chicago. If this is the thing that could be crazy here, the Indianapolis Colts pick 21st in the draft. The quarterback they have been eyeing, apparently, out of this draft class, the one that they like the most, the only one of this draft class they like is Justin Fields. And I don't blame them. I think that's a fair quarterback to really like. Because they know they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. So let's ease back a little bit. So the only quarterback we want, well, I mean, we've obviously won Trevor Lawrence, but we're not going to get him. Let's be realistic here. Justin Fields, who is likely to be the third quarterback taken, could, if some people want to take the the more project version in Trey Lance, which I could totally see happening. Lance got a stronger arm than Fields. He's a little bigger than Fields. He's a little more athletic than Fields. So maybe you want to take the project. But he's got a lot less experience and played one game this year. And it was his worst game in college football. He threw his first turnover. Had his first turnover in college football. It was this year against Central Arkansas. So here's the dream scenario here. Even if... Uh, Lance doesn't go before Fields. The Colts trade up with someone like New England or something like that, 15, or the Vikings at 14, someone like that. That gives them enough to move up and give up less to move up to four or something with the Atlanta Falcons and take Justin Fields. Now, I don't think – do I think this trade scenario or this whole scenario could happen? I think it's very likely. Do I think it will happen? Probably not. I think Deshaun Watson, if he moves – Reportedly, the Jets are out, even though John McClain, who was connected with the Houston area, said that the Texans trade Deshaun, it'll go to the Jets. We talked about that last show. But Deshaun reportedly wants to go to the Niners or the Broncos. Those are the top two or two of the top teams in there. Deshaun Watson in Denver, and Denver apparently has been trying to sneakily make moves for quarterbacks. And it sounds like, from what the reports are saying, Drew Locke's done in Denver. Okay? The Broncos pick ninth. So if they don't get Deshaun, they're looking at one of those quarterbacks like Trey Lance or Justin Fields, whoever starts falling. Or if they want to go crazy, Mac Jones. But Deshaun Watson in Denver, 
Okay, then the Texans have the ninth pick. So you would imagine the Texans get the ninth pick in the draft by trading Deshaun Watson to Denver. Deshaun Watson with those young weapons, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and a very vastly improved Garrett Bowles and a decent offensive line. You can get an offensive lineman in the second round. This is a deep offensive line class. If you want to improve the right tackle spot with Juwan James's future in question, go right ahead. But, man, could you imagine that? Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert twice a year. I know we talk about at nauseum how great the NFC West is. The AFC West, that's the best division for quarterbacks. You have two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL and three of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL and four of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. Herbert, you could probably throw, like, if you wanted to be really frisky, you could throw him at, like, 11, like, outside the top 10. But I'd put him right in that neck, like, 9, 10, 11 range for Justin Herbert. Based off last year alone, he could be even better than that next year. But, man, Sam Darnold in Carolina. I know the San Francisco 49ers link makes a lot of sense as well, but Sam getting out of the AFC, going with the situation with Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson or with him in New York with the Jets, Matt Rule and Joe Brady, two offensive-minded coaches. Joe Brady worked wonders with Joe Burrow down at LSU. Christian McCaffrey as a running back. A vastly improved defense, vastly young and improved defense. And then you're going to draft an offensive player with their first pick in the draft because Sam Darnold won't cost you a first-round pick. So there gives you Rashawn Slater, Penny Sewell, Kyle Pitts, trade back Christian Darrisaw, someone like that. That makes too much sense not to happen. Okay? I think that would be perfect for not only Carolina, but for Sam Darnold. And if he doesn't work out, it's a low-risk maneuver. He's not very expensive. That's very big here. I think that'd be beautiful for Carolina. I think Deshaun Watson, Carolina would be beautiful. They're they're getting a quarterback. If it's the draft or if it's Sam Darnold or Deshaun Watson, the Panthers are coming out of this offseason with a freaking quarterback. That's what they're doing. And I'm excited to see who the Carolina Panthers quarterback is. I think I'm gonna say it again, Sam Darnold will be perfect there. And with the Panthers, we talked about the Colts trading up with the Falcons. I wanted to close the show out with this. So the Falcons, we know the Jets are pretty much starting the draft. The Falcons, we don't know what they're going to do. The Jets, yes, I think they're going to start the draft because they could do a multitude of things there at number two. But the Falcons could do even more things because they don't necessarily have a massive glaring need, and the glaring needs they do have, I don't think they'll address with the number four pick. Those are positions you trade back. This is why I think the link up with the the Colts would make a lot of sense with the trade back. Maybe not necessarily all the way back to 21, but somewhere in that you know 10 to 15 range or something like that would make sense for the Falcons to trade back. Trade with the Niners if they want to take someone like Trey Lance at four. I don't know. Trade up, just trade back. If you want to get a defensive guy, which is what the Falcons need, I don't know if they're going to take one at the fourth pick. I think that at the fourth pick, and their GM, Terry Fontenot, their new GM, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, came out and said, you address strengths. The Cowboys did that for years, addressed strengths. So that that obviously linked up the Falcons with looking at a quarterback. Falcons don't have a backup quarterback. Matt Schaub retired, so they don't have a backup right now. So here is what Terry Fontenot said on or to NFL.com. Whether we're, take, whether we're talking about free agency or whether we're take, talking about the draft, we are going to add to every position. 
We'll build strength. We're not afraid to build strength. We're going to add it. Every position. It's not about adding. Huh? It's about adding. Okay, I added in not. I don't know why. We want a culture of competition. And Coach Arthur Smith has said it. We want to bring smart, tough, and highly competitive football players that are going to fit this culture. And we are going to do that at every position, whether it's QB or it's wide receiver. You look at former Packers GM Ron Wolf. You always bring in quarterbacks. You need to bring in quarterbacks, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency, or signing guys off the street. It's so important. Bringing in quarterbacks a lot builds strength. Builds strengths. Former Ravens GM Ozzie Newsome bring in the best player available. These are men that have have had all had had all the success, and it's about having the right 53. We're, but we have to add competition at every position. So we're not going to be afraid to add to his strength. But both Ryan and Julio Jones are really good, and I'm excited to I'm excited to be here with those players. And in my last mock draft, I had them taking Rashawn Slater because the Falcons, if they don't trade back, are going to have to go by that logic of best player available. Because yes, they need a cornerback. They drafted AJ Terrell last year, who had a decent rookie year, but they still need help in the pass game on defense. So what you're looking at Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley. I doubt they're gonna take those guys at four. Because there's too much of a toss-up between those two anyways. I don't think you could really separate one at four and then wait till nine or ten to take the next one. I don't think there's that big of a gap between those two. And then you look at Edge Rusher, another big need. Quiddy Pay is probably him and Gregory Rousseau are like one A, one B in this draft for me for DNs. Rousseau's got the length. He's got more numbers than Quiddy Pay does. 15 and a half sacks last year, but opted out this year. Quiddy Pay, I think, is more athletic, but not as long, which is where Rosso that favors Rosso. But you're not going to take those guys at four either. You could take Micah Parsons at four, maybe. But linebacker or edge, we don't really know exactly what he is. He played inside linebacker at Penn State, some outside linebacker. Some people say he has the skill set to move out to the edge. We don't really know what he's going to do. I don't know if you take that at four. Quarterback's going to be an obvious need because with the way the Falcons and how they view themselves, at least from listening to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, they don't think they're tanking and they don't think they're rebuilding. From what it sounds like, the Atlanta Falcons are going to try and compete. And I don't know if that means adding in a quarterback. Now, the no back quarterback thing with no Matt Schaub there is making it very, very likely they draft a quarterback. The fact that Daniel Jeremiah released his last mock draft, his latest mock draft today, so I'll talk, I might talk about that at the very end of the show. Has them taking Justin Fields, have them taking Trey Lance last time, Justin Fields this time? I don't know. Last time, again, I gave the Falcons Rashawn, Rashawn Slater. And if I go through my reasoning for my mock draft, and I know the Falcons don't necessarily need off the linemen. But like he said, we're going to add to strengths. The Falcons' strength necessarily isn't the offensive line, but they don't have any really glaring hoes other than the left guard spot. And here's what I said. I'm not going to read all of it, but Rashawn Slater, he can play either position. He's not a huge tackle, but he's an elite tackle coming into this draft. Rashawn Slater has gone up against some elite pass rushers. If you look, Pro Football Focus posted this today on Twitter. Pro Football Draft, it was PFF College. PFF underscore college Twitter account. Top edge rush prospects to enter the draft since 2014. Chase Young's number one, Miles Garrett two, Nick Bosa three, 
and then Joey Bosa four. Rashawn Slater went up against two of those guys. And Nick Bosa and Chase Young. At least I think he went up against Chase Young. Or against Nick Bosa. I know he went up against Chase Young. But they're he's an elite pass blocker. Okay? And I don't think there's a massive gap between him and Penny Sewell. I had him going before Penny Sewell in my last mock draft. I think the Falcons can move him inside because if you remember, I stated this in my mock draft reasoning. Zach Martin, arguably the best guard in the NFL, him and Quentin Nelson right up there together, was Notre Dame's starting left tackle before getting drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Moved him inside. The Cowboys weren't expected to take an offensive lineman in that draft, but did anyways. And they moved him inside the guard and he became an all-pro guard and the best guard in the NFL until Quentin Nelson. Rashawn Slater can do the exact same thing. Matt Ryan has been sacked 40-plus times the past three seasons. Matt Ryan is 36. Aaron Rodgers is older than him. Tom Brady's older. Ben Roethlisberger's older. There's quarterbacks that are older than him that are still kicking it. I think Ben's probably on his last season. Brady's got one or two seasons left. Rodgers is still going. Ryan has not had a down year, really. The Falcons have just been bad and blown leads. The Falcons have weapons on the outside. I don't know if drafting a quarterback this year would, I don't know. It's hard because then you can go like, well, the Falcons will never be up this high in the draft again. And then you're going to have to eventually trade up to get in the draft, to get a quarterback. And getting a guy groomed and ready is never a bad idea. Look at Roger. He sat for three years. Phillip Rivers sat for two or three years. But you can address the offensive line, which Arthur Smith, if you watched him in Tennessee, built a running attack. Rashawn Slater would help instantly improve that rushing attack. They don't have a running back, so they'll probably address that in the second or third rounds because there's a lot of good running backs in this draft too, as there seemingly is every year. But if you look at Terry Fontenot in his last in his seasons with the New Orleans Saints, they drafted four of their five starters on the O-line with him there. They drafted Cesar Ruiz last year from Michigan, guard-center combo. Eric McCoy, guard-center combo, center. for Now he's the center of the Saints. Ryan Ramchick and Andres Pete before that. That's four of their five starters on the O-line drafted by Terry Fontenot. They didn't go, oh, well, we have Andres Pete. We can't draft Ryan Ramchick. Oh, we have, we drafted a center last year. We're going to draft another center in Cesar Ruiz? We can't do that. No, they did that exactly. They drafted a guard in the center two years ago in Mitch McGarry and Chris Lindstrom. I can't remember if his name's Chris, but the guard in the center, Boston College, and then I, I'm not even going to try with <laughs> McGarry. Feels like a Michigan guy, but I don't. Th- that's not right. They're not going to be afraid to address the offensive line here. I think this needs to get talked about a little bit more than what it does because Rashawn Gary's ability to play both and how he's an elite tackle but could easily slot inside to be a similar to that of Zach Martin, I don't think the Falcons would look past that. I don't think it, They don't think they really need to look twice at that. I think Rashawn Slater with the Falcons makes a ton of sense. This is about where he's going to get drafted. People, Some people around the NFL, according to Daniel Jeremiah, who's very connected in NFL circles, say a few teams view Rashawn Slater higher than Penny Sewell. This is not a crazy thing, and I know – Based off what we heard all offseason and all college football season, Penny Sewell is the best overall player in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence. Which can still be true, but then Rashawn Slater's right at number three. Like, they're right next to each other. 
So I don't think that we could see a Penny Sewell go at, say, 5 and then wait till Rashawn Slater to go all the way to 13 or 14 with the Chargers or Vikings. I don't know if that will happen. I think Rashawn Slater, whether he goes first or second, if he goes right after, if he goes after Sewell, it'll be like two picks later. Or at least, I don't think, I'll make a bold prediction now, this could be wrong, this could come out to bite me in the ass, but I don't think Rashawn Slater falls past the Vi- the Cowboys at 10. I think if he falls to the Dallas Cowboys, I think the Cowboys take him at 10. Because they have some needs in the offensive line. They don't know the future of Ty- Tyrone Smith and Lyle Collins. They keep keep, keep, keep getting injured. And this would help keep Rashawn Slater at the tackle position. I don't know if he'll fall past Carolina, especially if they take a Sam Darnold. I think that's very likely. I think that should happen, Sam Darnold going to Carolina. But Rashawn Slater, to me, would be a perfect draft pick for the Atlanta Falcons. They're addressing a strength. I mean, it's not necessarily, it's not a huge strength like quarterback or wide receiver for the Falcons, which is their biggest strengths. But it's addressing a position they don't really need to address. But it would definitely help them. They have a need at the guard spot. Rashawn Slater can play both guard and tackle. Arthur Smith wants to run the ball. Terry Fontenot drafted four off to linemen in his time in New Orleans. Or helped draft four off to linemen in his time in New Orleans. Rashawn Slater is awesome. And he's very similar to that of Zach Martin in regards to he can play both. Played left tackle in an elite form in college. Zach Martin for Notre Dame. Rashawn Slater for Northwestern. Zach Martin slotted inside, became an all-pro guard. Rashawn Slater can do the exact same thing. I'm not saying he is Zach Martin, but I will say this. I think he can do and possibly be a Zach Martin. Because I don't want to I don't want to put lofty goals on these players. Because we don't know what they'll pan out. Different situations at different things. Andrew Luck got hurt, saw his career end. Sadly, like certain situations, people can't reach their full potentials. But we can dream and we can hope. I think Rashawn Slater could be one of the best guards in the NFL. But certain situations could happen. He could get hurt. He could get in trouble. I don't know. But he's a smart dude. Went to Northwestern. So he's a smart, he's obviously a smart dude. They want to address the smart things. I don't think you're going to find a lot smarter players than someone who went to Northwestern. It's a hard school to get. It's a private school. We look at all the other quarterbacks in this top class. I don't know if BYU, is BYU private. They're not private, are they? Because as I said that, I was like, wait a minute. Is BYU private? They're a Mormon school. Is that private? Because Notre Dame's Catholic. They're private. Is, is BYU private? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to ask that question because I don't, I don't know. I'm going to get stuck on that. It's going to be lodged in my brain for the rest of the show. Which is about to be done anyways. But just look at that. So we got the Jets starting the draft. We have a general idea of what the Dolphins are going to do. I think the Dolphins go wide receiver, whether it's Devontae Smith or Jalen or um, Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle if they trade back, or Penny Sewell. They're going to draft a tackle or they're going to draft a wide receiver. I think that's obvious. The Falcons, we don't know what they're going to do. They can dress any position in this draft. I think the smartest smartest decision they could do is draft a guy like Rashawn Slater. Now, if you want to build for the future, fine, but I don't think Matt Ryan's close to being done. I think that's the problem we got here, is how close Matt Ryan is to be done. Packers saw that. They traded up for Jordan Love. Rodgers won the freaking MVP. Matt Ryan's a former MVP, went to a Super Bowl. I don't know if he's close to being done yet. And what it sounds like, they don't really know if he's going to be done either. But if they want to draft Justin Fields, have him sit behind Ryan for three or four more years, then go ahead, more power to you. Once Ryan's contract's down, then Justin Fields will slot right in. 
I don't know. Time will tell. But if I'm the Falcons, I would draft Rashawn Slater. And I had this mock draft came out a while ago on February 8th, so eight days ago for me, nine days ago for all of you listening. So if you want to go check that out on the LoganBlackmanShow.com, go ahead. If you've gotten this far in the show, thank you very much. Go and subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. Just follow my personal account on Twitter, though, Logan underscore Blackman. New stuff will be coming out very, very soon. New shows coming out. we got guests coming up very soon as well. We're going to try and do a consistent theme of getting guests on Friday. I can't promise that every single show, but we will... We would, damn it, we'll try. We'll certainly try. But I think that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. I think today's show went very, very well. This is one of my favorite shows I've done in a while, if I'm being 100% honest here. I don't want to toot my own horn. I like every episode I do. Most, I shouldn't say every episode. I like most of the episodes I do. But I think this one went the best. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. I like talking about the draft. I like talking about different quarterbacks. And I'm going to post a clip tomorrow. And it might, I'm just going to be stuck between the Falcons thing and Zach Wilson. So it probably have like four quarterback posts in a row. Getting kind of theme oriented here. But we're draft guys, okay? Trades, quarterbacks, I'm a former quarterback, not that. I mean, I'm a former D1 quarterback if you want to be technical with it. But, yeah. So that's all I've got for you today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, make sure to tune in to UNI Football on Friday. We'll preview that more in full on Friday. Guest for you coming soon as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And with that being said, I will be seeing y'all later. Peace.